I was scammed out of two and a half million dollars. Now, I'm sure there's many of you out there thinking, whoa, what a dummy. Hook a sucker and watch her sail. But let me tell you, if I can be scammed, so could you. Experts say anyone can be scammed under the right conditions. How did 70,000 people in 2022 lose $1.3 billion in romance scams? Well, let me tell you how that cow eats a cabbage. This is my real experience of my romance scam from 2019 to 2021. That was about two and a half years ago. I was told I was a victim of a romance scam. I lost everything, including my new house and most of the contents. I'm not from money. Today, I live on Social Security, and I owe the IRS about $400,000 and still counting as a result of the scam. Prior to this, I had a history of making good decisions. I worked hard and was a fairly successful person by Western standards. It just made no sense. I kept asking over and over, how in the world did this happen to me? I made a deep dive researching everything I could find about romance scams with the help of an excellent trauma therapist and a Secret Service agent and an FBI agent who were all so important and instrumental in my recovery. I now understand how this happened to me. In the next 20-some minutes, I'm going to explain at a high level how romance scams work. Romance scams are not about a person's looks, lack of intelligence, or education. It's about persuasion, deception, and emotional manipulation and abuse. In other words, psychological warfare. You get a double whammy with romance scams. You lose your money and your heart. My romance scam began after I retired from my professional career. I had never been happier. I had made and saved an amount of money for a comfortable retirement with world travel, my lifelong dream. My first trip was to Southeast Asia. I loved it. Afterwards, I decided I needed a male travel companion, primarily for security reasons. It's hard not having someone else help watch your back in a foreign country. Separate from this, I had decided I wanted to date again. I thought, man, if I could find a guy that I could travel with and we didn't kill each other, well, maybe there'd be a chance for a romance. I thought a dating site would be a good place to start. Here's a picture of Santos, the man I thought I was talking with on the dating app. In reality, this man lives in Brazil and his name is not Santos. All the photos I received of him were stolen. Instead, this was the man or someone like him pretending to be Santos. My scammers were Nigerians and a part of a transnational organized crime group. This is the one criminal that was caught. Scammers are professionals and are very good at what they do. That was the first thing both my Secret Service and FBI agents told me in separate conversations. Scammers work together like a pack of wolves. Each member is assigned a role in the hunt. For example, it was a hunter who found me, the target, on a dating site. Based on my profile, he matched me with a compatible man. My profile stated I was a newly retired professional who wanted to vagabond the world. 
The hunter matched me with Santos, a European who was a private equity investor. He traveled the world with his work. His picture showed a very well-dressed professional man who I thought was very handsome. He had a British accent, which I was so attracted to. Another role is a graphic designer. This gang member generates all the fake photos, websites, and foreign or American government documents and more. The finisher is a top dog and the most talented. That was Santos. He closes the deals. Romeo and scammers generally learn their trade from a mentor for a fee. They buy a playbook or a script, which everyone follows. This script tells them everything, what to say, what to do, and when. It includes love poems, emails, and text conversations, and notes of affection. Any new information about me was recorded in this playbook I learned. I remember I was so impressed when Santos recalled my favorite wine. He told me he wrote it down because he wanted to remember it. Oh, I thought, that was just so sweet. (laughs) Little did I know he wrote it down for vile purposes. Romance scams are a lot like icebergs. Above the waterline, you see me foolishly giving my money away to a man. It's only below the waterline you see the true power dynamics at work. Romance scammers control their victims through emotional manipulation and abuse. It's similar to how relationships with physical abuse work. Romance scammers know how to leverage our natural human behavior and needs. They exploit how we humans are wired and behave. Persuasion surrounds us in our society. At one end of the spectrum, we have basic persuasion used in sales, advertising, and social media. At the other end of the spectrum is dark psychology. Dark psychology is knowing how people think and feel and using this knowledge to exploit their target. It's used to describe psychological or emotional abuse and manipulation. Cults and extremist groups are at this end of the spectrum. Some romance scam victims talk about being brainwashed. I too felt that way. I'd look at bank documents and the money wires for hundreds of thousands of dollars in disbelief. Who in the hell wrote these checks and sent these money wires? I'd always been a good steward of my money. It's not like me to give money away at this high dollar amount. No way. I felt like I had been brainwashed. It was me, but I was not in control on so many levels. In my research, I learned brainwashing includes a victim being physically restrained or controlled by others, which definitely was not the case. It appears romance scams are one notch lower than brainwashing. The best way I can describe my horrific experience is I was sitting in the driver's seat, but I was not driving the bus. There are distinct phases in a romance scam. I want to talk about the first two phases, grooming and love bombing. The grooming started with Santos wanting to know everything about me. This getting to know you phase weakens your personal boundaries and gives the scammers 
information. Through this, he identifies fake common interests and likes, which make us very compatible. Santos' family history included tragic and sad events. His only sibling, a sister, and his father were killed in a car wreck. His wife died of cancer, leaving him with a daughter. His mother died shortly after we met. There were always stories from the past and the present evoking strong emotions that just tugged at my heart. All the stories served as a way to weave me into the gang's webs of lies. From the very beginning, things weren't always piecing together for me. Santos would not answer my questions, stating the past was just too painful and he didn't want to talk about it. When he would answer my questions, the answers were just confusing. Most of the time, he ignored me and would not answer. I asked questions over and over. I wasn't used to a man ignoring me. It angered me and made me more determined. Finally, he wore me down. I stopped asking questions. I searched the internet and I only found what I already knew. His employer, the private foreign equity firm, and his company role. Not finding any new information just kept me clueless. Then the next stage began, love bombing. Love bombing is just that. You're bombarded with constant love messages. Every morning, I would receive an email with a romantic and loving poem Santos wrote for me. I also received love notes throughout the day. I was pampered with constant loving gestures. I had never met such a romantic, thoughtful man. Santos turned into a best friend and more. Soon I was telling him things about myself I'd never told a man before. All my protective shields were down. Take a moment and think about the last time your emotion, like love, fear, or anger, just went off the charts. Now how clearly could you have made a good decision in that very moment. Let me explain at a very basic level how our body responds. There's two general areas of the brain at play, the frontal lobes and the amygdala. The frontal lobes are behind your forehead. It's a thinking brain. It focuses on reason and logic. The amygdala is located deep in the middle of the brain. Its focus is emotion and it's part of the limbic system. When you experience strong emotions, your body automatically releases powerful chemicals. In response to an emotion, like danger, the amygdala takes over and puts the body into a fight or flight mode. The thinking brain goes dormant. The more the emotional brain is in control, your emotions and not logic are driving your decisions, including financial decisions. Romance scammers are expert manipulators. They know how to leverage our normal behavior, which allows them to manipulate us for nefarious purposes. They know how to exploit our human psychology. Here are three basic examples of how they can manipulate us. The first is trust. What did your mother tell you when you were little? Don't talk to strangers, right? Why? because we are hardwired to trust people. Studies have shown that we are more likely to trust a stranger over someone we know. It's just our natural behavior. It's the way we are made. Think about our daily lives. How many times do you trust people? Until proven otherwise, right? 
How many times have you given your credit card information to a person on the phone? There's no face-to-face. You don't even know them. But you trust until proven otherwise, right? The problem in a romance scam is a scam victim never gets to see the until proven otherwise part. The depth of deception scammers create with technology is overwhelming. I Skyped several times with Santos. I had no idea a Skype call could be faked. Talking and seeing him on Skype just gave me a false sense of security. Deception and lies jams your normal radar detectors. The second example is confirmation bias. In our normal thinking, humans have what we call a confirmation bias. We search for, interpret, and recall information in a way that confirms or strengthens our personal beliefs. Emotionally charged issues generate a stronger confirmation bias. In other words, We humans find and remember what supports what we want to believe. The last example is behavioral commitment. Romance scammers test the waters with small favors or requests before they ask for something bigger. These baby steps draw you in and builds trust. Most people want to be consistent in their behavior. So if you say yes once, you're much more likely to say yes again. Scammers take advantage of this by getting one to commit to these little steps that then quickly escalate. I think a better way of describing behavioral commitment is the frog in the boiling water story. When a frog is dropped into a pan of boiling water, the frog quickly jumps out. On the other hand, if a frog is dropped into a pan of cold water and the heat is gradually increased to a boil, the frog does not jump out of the water. Instead, it is slowly boiled to death without realizing or noticing he was fading away. As time moved forward, Santos' problems became bigger and crisis ensued, which always required more money. More and more money was always needed. I was a frog in the boiling water. Santos kept me in a never-ending stress mode. Everything was always done on an urgent basis. Everything had to be done right now, right now. He would change things at the last moment. I could never get centered with both feet on the ground. As long as he could keep me in an emotional state, I could not think straight. If I refused to give money to Santos, his favorite strategy to manipulate me was disappearing for weeks. The absences became more frequent and longer. It drove me nuts. I was worried about him, our relationship, and my money. The stress of this kept my emotional mind going strong, short-circuiting my thinking mind. I was in meltdown. Crisis continued. I had no more money. I only had my house left. Taxes were not paid at the time I liquidated my investments. I would have to sell my house to pay the taxes. Santos needed more money, but I would not budge. That lasted for nine long and difficult months. During this time, the psychological manipulation was very intense. Santos was in a New York City detention center now because of passport problems. At this time, COVID was hitting peak death levels in the U.S. He needed bail money. I continued not to budge. After months passed, he told me he was being moved to the general jail population in New York City. At that time, the New York City jail was one of the COVID hotbeds in the U.S. After much emotional turmoil, guilt, 
and worry, I decided I could not live with myself if he died in jail from COVID. I sold my house and gave him my money. In two days, we would be together. The next day, the Secret Service called me. The agent told me I had been a victim of a romance scam. He told me everything was a lie. I said, prove it to me. And he did. Everything in this 17-month horrific relationship was a lie. He told me Santos did not even exist. Now that was hard to get my brain wrapped around. Now I had lost everything. The love of my life, all my money, and my house. I had no place to live. And a huge IRS debt. The emotional abuse and trauma destabilizes you. It destroyed me. Initially, I was shell-shocked like. I screamed out in terror in my sleep. I became extremely depressed and on the verge of suicide or cutting myself. Isolation was my only friend. The PTSD lasted for more than a year. It was a very dark time for me. I had no idea this kind of emotional abuse could result in this type of trauma. There were conversations with people I don't even remember. The emotional recovery is very hard and never going. The effects are so subtle. For example, it has taken me several years to ride again with Uber. I needed to see a permanent physical box on the car's roof that read taxi. I wanted to house it for some extra money but I found I could not walk into a stranger's house. The fear of being set up again was just too strong to overcome. There are still lasting effects, some I'm aware of and some I'm not. I can still get triggered. It just comes out of the blue. For example, I recently was at a social function. A conversation was struck up between myself and a man who was foreign. I asked him, where are you from? He replied, Ghana in a British accent that sounded just like Santos. Suddenly, I broke out in a huge cry, feeling fear and a broken heart at the same time. My hands began to shake with the adrenaline rush. It's sad only one scammer was caught. He plea bargained and went from 13 counts to two. He will get out of prison in six months. Meanwhile, I'll continue living on Social Security with an IRS debt. I don't have the money to hire an attorney to fight the IRS. After intently listening to my story, well-meaning people will ask, I just can't understand how you can see through this. It was just so obvious. Remember, my thinking brain was short-circuited, leaving me only with a brain driven by emotions. The stress from the relationship and the anxiety from losing my money kept the amygdala in full control. I was in an emotional hell. I don't think most of us have a clue about our vulnerability with organized crime in the dark cyber world. I hope with this new information, you now have a different view of romance scams, how they work, and the victims. You see, we the victims of romance scams We know you think we are stupid and we got what we asked for. That public perception is why we stay invisible. The shame, the guilt, and the embarrassment is overwhelming and crippling. It keeps us silent with the public and many times our loved ones. 
only to make things worse. Surely you would not want anyone else to go through this hell I'm sharing with you. That is why I'm telling my story. I don't want others to experience this destruction of your life as you knew it. Help me help others. Be aware of romance scams and how they work. Please pay forward by sending this podcast to three people or more. It can be anyone. Single, married, white, brown, green, straight, bi, or queer. They don't care. They are not selective. If you have some money, you too are a potential target in a world you don't even see.